Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Vampire the Masquerade, Twin Cities by Night. Negligence is our first story arc for our campaign that takes place in 2010 in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Follow Ophelia, a Toreador played by Alex, Jonathan, a Venture played by David, Katow, a Gangrel played by Quinn, and William, a Venture played by Slavic, as they are pulled out of their seclusion and tasked to investigate a series of gruesome murders. If you'd like to contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. You go back to your haven. What are you doing at your haven, sir? Just quick change into a cheap suit. My uh, my standard for doing this kind of work. So you put on this navy blue suit that kind of has like the elbows are a little bit Pro- worn out. Probably going to be darker. Kinda darker. Like a dark gray suit. Now I wouldn't say like worn out. It definitely you know dry cleaned and whatnot. But it's it it's not a rich person suit. Like an FBI agent that can't afford a nice suit. By the way, as you're walking in, you hear a beep from your laptop that's sitting on your your desk there that you have. I'll take a quick look at it. Uh, You see a message pop up, say, uh, available to talk in a couple days? Question mark. Is this from um, Johnson? Yeah, it's from Johnson. You can think on it. You just see that pop up. Yeah, I'll let him think about it. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Which uh, police department are you heading over to, the Minneapolis or the St. Paul one? Uh, the murders took place uh, by the Hathorn. No, that's where we, we just went yeah. to. Yeah, you're uh, not quite sure where the murders took place at, you know, but. I should have had something, the, the region that the murders took place in. Yeah, in the they, you're right. You're right. You're right. I, I'll give you that. We'll say one was in Minneapolis and one was in St. Paul. The Ramona was in Minneapolis. Paul Hughes was in St. Paul. We'll go to St. Paul. You're driving to the St. Paul Police Department. You arrive. It's a Friday night. St. Paul, like I said, is kind of the more ran down of the two cities. It has more of the Gothic architecture. It also comes kind of like more of the seedier kind of crimes. As you're walking in, you see these two normal uniformed cops dragging this this African-American looking guy who's just screeching at the top of his lungs. He's screaming. He's You see he has like scratch marks on his face from when it looked like he was trying to like scratch his own eyes out he's hollering you can see the cops are having a hard time controlling him he's screaming nonsense of just nothing he says is making any kind of sense at all and and you see like you're like oh crap you know like as you're like walking up they're dragging this guy up the steps to get through the double doors to the to the precinct desk but you see they don't even they just bypass the desk and they're trying to take this guy off and put him somewhere uh you walk in and you hear like loud bunch of loud women screaming at some guy at cops you see cops trying to like get a coffee and get bumped into by some drunk guy. And you're walking up to this desk where there's kind of already like two uh, uniform cops standing, trying to check people in. And you see one desk sergeant who seems to be very overwhelmed at the moment, but you stand there for about five to six minutes. Eventually he gets them off. And then, so you're standing there and he, you see this desk sergeant. He's a, he's a black guy. I'm not going to wait that long. I'm going to walk straight up to the guy. 
and be All like, right. hey, I, I, I need, I'm here to work with the, the caseworker on the Paul Hughes and Ramonda Ortiz case. Ramon Ortiz. Yeah, he's like, who, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? I'm here to work. You know, I didn't come here because I want to. My boss sent me here. I'm with the just following up with the FBI, verifying that this information doesn't have anything to do with another case that we're working on. Go ahead and roll the manipulation, intimidation. Let's do a manipulation, intimidation. They're both the same. We'll do okay. that. And Go I ahead. have the enchanting voice, too. Oh, so what does that do? Because I was going to make it a difficulty lowers seven. The, the difficulty is reduced by two. Oh, so difficulty five. All right, let's go ahead and roll this then. All right, no botches. Holy shit, you got four. You walk in and the guy's like, well, shit, man. I didn't even know the fucking, I'm sorry. I didn't know the bureau was involved at all at this. I mean, it's a local fucking case, you know. Uh, shit. Um, With any luck, I won't be involved. I just need to see the paperwork and talk to the, the detective. Okay, okay. So hold on one second. Give me, you see him pick up the phone. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I understand. Who who the fuck's handling that 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 case with that chick? Yeah, who? All right, yeah. Send him over here that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Hangs up. You see this fifty year old? Now he looks about to be fifty, sixty. Kind of has a slight little pooch to his stomach, man. Not overweight, but he's he's getting there. Kind of thinning hair. He has a twelve o'clock shadow. His, his his ties a little loose. And he walks up and he's like, "You the Fed?" Yes. Hey, my name's. Burroughs, how's it going? Burroughs? Yes. Yeah. I'm doing, I'd be doing a lot better if I wasn't down here in the this crap hole. Yeah, well, it's a fucking Friday night in St. Paul. Welcome to our world. Come on back here with my desk. We'll talk about the case here. Yes. He comes walking. You guys are walking through. Like People are kind of cramming your way. You're like, Jesus Christ, man. So you eventually get to where his desk's at. And he sits you down a chair across from him. You hear you know, people on keyboards typing shit up, talking to people sitting next to him. He pulls out a pack of fucking Marlboros. He lights one. He sits and kicks back. He's like, so what the fuck do you guys want to do with this shit? Not a thing. I don't want anything to do with this. I'm just sent down here because my boss told me I had to. So the sooner I can review your information and guarantee that it has absolutely nothing to do with the case I'm working on, I'll be out of your hair. God damn it. Uh, Do do you want it in fucking paper? Do you want it like I could burn it to a disc? Uh, Both. Fuck. All right. Hold on. Well, it's going to take me a while. So give me a second. All right. Do you want coffee or anything? Yeah, coffee will be fine. All right. Hey, hey, you, Rook. Go get this guy a coffee. I'll be right back with this shit. And he walks off, all right? Yeah. When, he, when he tells the, the rookie, rookie. Yeah. hey, I, I like my coffee like my women. Give me a big-ass <laughs> cup of coffee. Hey, so they walk off. You guys are in the BMW. Uh, William, you're driving. Katow in the in the car and in, in the passenger seat next to you. You guys are driving there to the mortuary. The mortuary is actually on the in the basement of uh st mary's hospital in minneapolis you guys are driving there in this nice chic bmw you guys show up to the st mary's hospital let me get uh perception and investigation roll difficulty six all right so you guys both can tell just by driving around like the, the hospital parking lot and driving around the hospital itself you kind of find where like the entrance to the area is you see that the entrance is kind of in the back. There's not a big sign saying obituary, but you kind of see that there's double doors. And you see like a like a kind of a brown colored sign that said that it says obituary hours. At first, you guys didn't quite see it because snow was kind of packed onto there. 
but uh, eventually, William, you you take your car and you're kind of able to park in that. Do, well, do you want to park by there? Or do you want to park in the general parking lot or? Preferably somewhere away from. All right. The so you, you're able. To, you're away from the morgue. You're saying. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you kind of park in the general parking lot of the of the actual hospital, and you walk. It takes you about five, ten minutes to walk towards the back. The mortuary area, especially due to the fact that they didn't really shovel the snow or plow the snow. Will you find it? You start maybe get a little annoyed because the bottom of your of your slacks are getting a little wet from the slush and everything like that. But you eventually make it back to the double doors of the mortuary. You see that there's like a little intercom buzzing system, or well, it says you know business hours, but buzz if you know needing assistance obviously because you know bodies don't stop dying around the clock and you guys are standing there right now i want to do this well we could say that we're his relatives or his friends if we say he were his relatives uh, they might have already been here but if we say we're his friends they might not let us in let's get an intelligence and law role from both of you guys difficulty six three successes you have successes, but our lovely gangrel does not. So you realize that using the family ex- or the using the friend's excuses is going to let you look at the body. Family may, if you say that you need to identify the body, but it really depends on how you play it and, and what body. But you know using the friend's excuse isn't going to help. So what are we going to say? Or are there any other entrances or is it just this one? Yeah. As a, From the outside, you can tell this, yeah. this is just the entrance okay. here. You see also kind of like from the double doors, you see underneath there's like a light. So you can tell that the lights are on inside, whatever is behind the doors. How about this? We say you are some relative of someone else. And say like you were brought in. And then we like sort of like you do your thing and we go off and check out the bodies we came here for. And I'm your friend or something. Okay. I'll throw on my German accent. All right. And you ring the doorbell. The buzzer. Uh, yeah, and I'll tell him, uh, tell him I'm his cousin, uh, cousin from Germany. You know, some. You ring the buzzer and you see a, uh, you you hear his voice come. You hear a voice come across. Yeah, what's up? Uh, hello, I am here to identify the body of uh, Paul Hughes. He was my uh, cousin. Jeez. I saw this in the paper. It, it was horrifying. <laughs> Okay, 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 hey, hey, buddy, 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 I can barely hear you. Hold on, I'll be right there. Give me a second. You hear the click of the intercom go off. You sit there for like a minute, and then you pff, okay, the doors I turn to Kaitel and think fast. <laughs> the doors opened up, and you see like this guy. He, he, he's got to be about 60, 70 years old. He just looks like a miserable fuck. He kind of balled in on top of a couple liver spots, you know what I mean? He's standing there in blue hospital smocks. He's... What, what the fuck were you rambling about there? I couldn't make you. I couldn't with your accent and your shit. What what the fuck? What were you saying? You know, I I, I keep you know. I sort of start shivering. Obviously, I don't. Jesus feel Christ! It, get but... your ass in here. It's fucking cold out here. Get, get in here. Both Thanks, you. Man. And he, as you guys come in, he quits holding the door to the side. And he like it kind of closes and latches. You know, it's one of those double doors where you got to push the thing in the middle to open them up. Mm-hmm. So what's what's going on here? And you just see a long hallway behind them with like these these fluorescent li- you know the fluorescent lights that go down there. Now going down the top of the ceiling, they're flickering, so they're kind of a little dark. Tiles of the actual hallway are like the hot OD hospital green, like white, green, white, green. The walls kind of have a lime color, and he's just like looking at you like, okay, so you said something, your your, your family member, you need to identify. Yes, but, and then I look him in the eye, and I just say, sleep. 
our first discipline in the game, dude. Let me get my book Manipulation out. Manipulation plus intimidation. Difficulty is permanent willpower. I say probably like five. What the shit? Oh my god! <laughs> You're lucky it's not a botch, though. You're lucky it's not yeah. a botch because he's like, excuse me. Uh, forgive my friend. He, he's See, yesterday I was sleeping up. normally, you know, just trying to play it off. You, you can see he's just like, I got a fucking, I got a Chinese guy and I got a German guy here. It's like a bad joke. He's like, uh, okay, wait, wait. So who, what, what body are you here to identify? Why aren't the cops here with you? Usually the detectives come when you identify a body. What's going on here? Uh, I was here to identify the body of Paul Hughes. I saw him in the in in the newspaper. He was my distant cousin. Um, just come back here to my office real quick. Well, let's look up his name here real quick. Okay. So he leads you guys down like the hallway, which turns to the right, and then you see there's like another set of double doors about like 20 yards down, but there's a there's doors on each side of the hallway that look like office doors, and it goes in the first right one. The lights on. You hear like the radio in the background playing like some uh, country western, depressing country western old music. He has a stair. There's stacks of papers everywhere. There's a little light that like the little pole string. And you, know, you see like filing cabinets. There's like two chairs, and he like kind of is taking paperwork off the two chairs. I like, hear have a seat and sits at his desk. He's like, so Paul Hughes, and, and you see him like he's at the keyboard. And he's typing with like his two fingers, and he's like, God, fucking son of a bitch, motherfucker. And he's like, Backspace, and he's sitting there trying to like type the shit out. Paul Hughes. Yeah. Okay, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, no family has identified him. Uh, unable to find next to kin. Uh, fucking. So you're his what? His fucking cousin from Germany? Yes, distant cousin. Distant cousin. What the? F- and who? Who the fuck are you? And he points to like gestures towards. Katow, what, what's your this fucking is my boyfriend? Oh my! <laughs> you just see, he's kind of, you kind of just see, like, oh. Got a problem with that? Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, and you see, this gets like really uncomfortable. You know what I mean? He's like, uh, so how this works is, uh, first I need to get your name. I need to see a form of ID, and then we're gonna go and I'm gonna take you in there. I'm gonna show you. It can't be your your um your friend here. It has. This has to be you. I can take you back there. I can show you. You identify. And uh, we just show you the face, so don't worry. And then uh, that's all that will be required. Is that good with you? I'm not sure. I, I'm just very shocked. Do you have any hot beverages? I, yeah, I, I guess I got, I mean, I got fucking, what do you want? A, I got water and like five-hour-old coffee. Do you have some tea, perhaps? Agency kind of closes his eyes. He's like, "No, we don't have tea here. Water or coffee? Which one do you want?" Coffee, please. All right. Now he gets up and he's like, gets out and walks out. Okay. Uh, time to rummage through the files, I guess. All right. So let's do a. Okay, watch. So we are going to have you do a perception investigation difficulty seven. What are you doing, Katow? I think I want to. Help him go through this. We'll keep making sure to keep one eye out for the door and make sure he doesn't come. The guy doesn't come back. So we're gonna do have you since you're gonna uh, try to keep one eye to the door and investigate. Yours is gonna be a perception investigation difficulty eight. All right, three successes. All right, and uh, you got one success. Oh, you got two successes. So you guys got a total five successes. So you guys are sitting there and you guys 
actually kind of for a second there worked like a well-oiled machine and the fact that while as Susie steps out you're going through the stacks by his desk William you're on his laptop trying to like look you know find out since he already has the screen open where his files are you see that it says in the filing cabinet there you're, you're digging through the filing cabinet and then while he seems right away to find Paul Hughes's you could tell like man let me look up Ramona Ortiz's here so you're like type up her name real quick there figure it out. You go and you find out where files are. You grab it from the filing cabinet. You even have enough time to sit there and switch it back to Paul Hughes's uh, database entry on the system. Sit back at the desk. Where are you guys going to put the files when you find them so he doesn't see? I guess we'll just take them with us. I suppose oh, I you're just going to walk out? Suspicious. Oh, okay. I can try to have them in my coat and stuff. Okay. Are you guys going to yeah. leave the office? You're leaving the morgue or are you going to stay there for when he comes back or no? I vote leave. Yeah. You guys start leaving, walking down the hallway here. Hey, 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 you, you, you want your, you want your damn coffee or what? Uh, I'm sorry, my, my uh, partner, he, he's, he's too overcome by emotion. We, we have to leave. And you just see him like he's standing you there. Know, and he I sort back. of put my face in my hands. Like. <laughs> yeah, he has this complete look of like confusion of what's going on standing there as you guys walk out. All right, so Mr. Chase, you're sitting there with this coffee. Eventually, the detective comes back. Hands you uh, about two thick folders like this, and, and he has a CD that uh, is in a jewel case. Daddy, kind of here you go, and he kind of hands it to you. It's all like rubber banded together. Yeah, you know we're trying, we're we're doing this as a joint investigation with uh, uh, MPD here, and, you know SPD, uh, and we're just uh, we're working together actually, kind of on this one here. But this is all, all of our files we have for it. All right, give me your card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you go, and he kind of pulls it out. Get your card too. No, if I need you, I'll get a hold of you. He just kind of looks at me. He's like, this motherfucker, man, you know. He's like, all right, is there anything else you need from me? I got I got an obvious investigation going on here. No, just remember my name. Halen. Paul Halen. Halen. Paul Halen. All right. Yeah, I'll write the, he writes it down on a little stick it note and just kind of slaps it with a million other ones on his desk. All right, well, I'll talk to you later if I see you later. Bye. I'm going to put a half-empty cup of coffee on his desk and walk out. And then I'll head back to to Juno. Juno? All right, you're heading back to Juno. Where are you two headed back to? Juno, I take it? Uh, Yeah, that sounds right. Sounds good. What about you, Miss Juno? Yeah, I'll head back to I don't want to go to the apartments just yet. You all get back around 12. So you guys arrive at roughly 12.15 in the morning, Saturday, November 10th. Or no, not November 10th, November 9th, I think yeah. I said it was. Or the next day, November 9th. And you arrive to Juno. Uh, you see that Miss Juno is there uh, with it open and everything. And you guys all start coming in. You guys notice that Chase, Jonathan Chase, is dressed kind of like in a like a darker, more of a business, not like a businessman, but more of a blue collar. You know what I mean? Yeah, the one suit he has, the blue collar guy with one suit in the closet. Yeah, no, exactly. I have like five suits in the closet, all varying <laughs> shades of the exact same suit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the scene is on you guys. I'm going to walk in and throw the, the files onto the table because I haven't even I didn't even bother to open them up and look at them in the in the, the precinct because. Yeah, I was playing that. I don't give a shit about this, really. I'm going through the motions. What uh what table would you guys be using in there? Do you know is there like a combo like a table for like uh special events or anything like that or there's a couple of long, you know, big tables. Uh kinda twelve seaters, I guess. You know, family right. affairs. Yeah, we cool. can sit at one of those. Um, I'm I'm gonna look at the uh the two guys and say 
so you went to the morgue, right? <laughs> Can't you smell? Yep. Yeah, okay, I'm sitting I'm sitting opposite uh, I'm sitting as far away from them at the table as I can. <laughs> don't have that much of a smell to them. It's more like bath hospital, just it's stronger. It doesn't really linger. <laughs> so while we were riding in the car, I probably gave all the files to Kai Tao to read while I was driving. What'd you guys find? I got a copy of the uh, police records on the two murders. We got the more reports. I've got the apartment of Ramona, so I, someone can check that out. Still can't understand why we are doing this. This is cool work. Uh, I like the challenge. I just don't want to see any corpses again. When you work in a restaurant where you deal with nothing but animal corpses, really. Where are you? Some kind of hippie? Well, me. Well, dead animal corpses scare you or something? I need you to roll a con- I, we need you to roll a conscience roll difficulty eight because with your high humanity and stealing, which could probably get that older man in trouble with his bosses here. Okay, so this is what happened. I'm gonna explain it. But there's a hierarchy of sins when it comes to humanity, right? Like right now, William's not bothered by the fact that he stole that shit because he has a humanity of six. And actually, frankly, his background—that's what he did for a living, pretty much. You know what I mean? Not stealing, but stealing blue co- white collar crime. Now, with Katow, he has a humanity of seven, where stealing intentional theft is is what's called on the hierarchy of sin, right? So what happens is I have you roll a conscience roll, right? Difficulty eight. If you fail, you don't feel anything bad about doing it. So you lose humanity. That means you've lost some of your humanity, right? Uh-huh. Where if you, if you do make the roll, you're like, shit, man. That guy is 70 years old. He's working out. He's got a job overnight. You know what I mean? Because he has bills yeah. to pay. And you got three successes. So you're like, man, you're sitting there. You feel kind of bad about it. But, you know, you can just, you know, you just internally, you're like, shit, man. Why did I do that? And you're just thinking about it. So you guys have been talking amongst each other. Tell me, okay, so what's the first thing that we need to tackle here? Let's look at the police file. Okay, so who's going to look at the police files? Because there's actually a disc, a CD that has a copy of all the paper files. And there's two separate folders on both the cases. I'll I'll slide the the CD over to William. And then I'll pull up the open the the file on Paul Hughes, and they and I'll slide the 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 file on Ramona Ortiz over to Ophelia. Sure, right. take it. Okay, I'll just does anyone have a computer here? <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah, I'll go get my laptop upstairs. <laughs> All right, I'll run upstairs. Okay. Grab so I'll take the file. You know. Wait a minute. She doesn't want to look at the file on uh, Ramona. I will. I'm All just right. getting my laptop so you can use my computer. So what are you looking for is in the file? I just want to see what they got on there. They're probably going to have, you know, notes on yeah. the the crime scenes, where they're located at. So that'll give us the hotels. Yep. Was there anything about who found them? Yeah. So here, here's where we're going to start here. So first question, ask me one question individually uh, at a time for Paul, Dave, we'll start with you. Okay, we'll we'll start with the location that the the murder took place. It took place in a hotel called the Junction Inn that was in Minneapolis. It's the seedier side of town that you know of. It's kind of one of the by the hour hotels there. Well, it's it's not quite by the hour. It's an economy type hotel. I, I kind of it's not like a, a step down from the Econo Lodge. Yeah, but it's it's not like where you're gonna see. You know, junkies live in there and that's it. You know what I mean? So maybe some families who are struggling may live in there while their house is getting, you know, whatever worked on or, you know, or travelers who just can't afford a lot may stay in there too. But it's not, it's not like a high quality uh, hotel by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. 
And then we will go to, I'll, I'm going to go back and forth with the questions. So who wants to ask me a question next? I'll go. Uh, oh, okay. Are you looking at the files too? Then I take it. You want to, are you going to look at it with William or how are we going to go about that? Or you just, you can ask the group. And stuff, uh, stuff like that. Well, yeah, we'll have you ask the group and everything too, right? Or you guys got the obituary reports. Never oh, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can look through those. What do you want to ask about uh, from the obituary report? Yeah, both of them. Does uh, Paul have a scar thing? Does it, was it, would it mention that? Yeah, I kind of mentioned that the scar looked to be newer and that the incision was actually probably six inches from belly button to groin, but the scar, which looked to be f- really fresh and new, uh, was about seven inches from sternum to belly button. All right, next, uh, Alex or William, which one of you guys want to ask me a question next? Yeah, uh, time of murder. Oh, the time of the murder for both of them. You found, uh, well, it's kind of hard at the time of death, but they are a week apart. They, you kind of gauge that the time was probably around one to two in the morning. One occurred on a Friday night. That was Paul Hughes. And then, which, uh, and then the next Thursday, uh, Ramona Ortiz occurred. Like I said, between the, they think the time of death might be between one and three a.m. Okay. All right, your turn, Alex. Sure. Where was Ramona murdered? She was murdered in a hotel called the uh, Knights Inn, and it's uh, in St. Paul. Sure. Same kind of hotel, low-key, not by the hour, where there'd be like a bunch of people you know, kind of squatting in there, but definitely uh, the kind of uh, hotel where people drive up, they could park their cars right in front of the door kind of thing, you know, and where the the, the Junction Inn is, is more of your three-story, but the yeah. doors are facing outside, you know, like for the junk or for the Junction Inn, you have to uh, go up steps to the second layer, then the th- you know what I mean, the third layer, but the doors all face outside. I just want to say something to the group here. Um, this is just a thought I'm having. The reporter mentioned that Ramona had quite a lot of money, but no one knew how she got it and that she was estranged from her family. And the location where they're both murdered, I'm, this is just a guess, but I'm thinking maybe these two were like night workers, if you know what I mean, hookers. I'm not sure, though. But that's just a thought I'm having. Well, one of them was a male, so he'd be a yeah. gigolo, right? Yeah, gigolo. Uh, so, you know, if there's anything in the file that would corroborate that, that's just what I'm thinking right now. You All you have right now is the murder files on the two people. You don't actually have any police records or anything to that extent. You just okay, have the sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So what's linking these two murders together? Were they, the, type, the type of murder. There's, their bodies were strung up in the exact pat- same pattern. For the most part, the same scar that goes straight down that that looked like totally beat up, mutilated, sexually assaulted. Both of them were. Uh, were there any missing organs? Uh, no missing organs. No. Is there anything in the way the chains were attached? Were there any observations there? Were there drill marks? Were they shoved in with great force? How was how was that done? There on the police record for Ramona's, there's no uh, there's no. Nothing, no notes on that, but on Paul's, it looked like they may have been hammered in and forced in. Okay. And the support beams or just the drywall? Because the drywall was the support beams, yeah. And the support beams. All right. Next, uh, you, uh, Mr. Katow. So I'm looking at the obituary reports. Was there, like, any evidence of, like, them being drugged or something like that? No drugs. They're they're actually, their their systems uh, came up completely clean uh, on toxicity reports. Just hold that thought. We're just going to keep going around. Mr. William. Did they have uh, all their belongings on them? Uh, When you're looking at the files, actually, there was no belongings at all. They were only identified by fingerprint analysis. But like I said, there's no other. They had a record or something? 
Oh, there's no. They says they're they're cross compared to records, but you don't have the actual records themselves. You just have the murder file. So there was no clothes found in the. No clothes, not there. Just found there. Basically, found that uh, the next morning. Quite well, they were found the next morning. Yes, Mr. Chase. On to your next question. They have any lists of of any potential? Um, actually, witnesses? anybody? There? Yeah, no witnesses to to the fact because. The, the bodies would have had been taken in there naked or they went in there willingly and then the murderer took the clothes and belongings with them when they left. They said they've combed the area and they've been unable to find any witness who, who viewed who may have gone in there or who may have left. They haven't found anything to that extent. Who were the rooms rented out to? Uh, the rooms are actually rented out uh, to two names that came up, did not come up on the blotter report. Uh, one's name was Jonathan Smith. And the other name was Brian. I want to say Brian Brown, right? But uh, obvious aliases, but uh, we'll say Brian Crowley. And I assume they paid cash. There's no credit card associated with the rooms. Yep, cash was paid. On to you, Mr. Catal. So how does it say in the report, like how how much of the damage was done to them when they were still alive versus how much was done after they were dead? I believe that the majority of the damage was done before they died. There was very dramatic sexual molestation damage done to both both their orifices. Use your imagination, but it was very ravagely done. Also, there there was extreme, like, just trauma to them. And when I say extreme, like I said, when... Chase, when John Chase looked at the original picture of Ramona and saw that, like, it was almost hard to distinguish her race, uh, her and Paul's race because of the bruising that occurred. He, he, he's being 100% honest there that that's what happened. You're looking at these photos, which, by the way, are completely color now, and they're really more disturbing to, to view. But you can see where just like they were, their eyes were swollen, their, their, their lips were busted and swollen up. And it's even harder for you to look at them and identify them from like the picture that you saw in the newspaper earlier. I'm going I'm to slide the pictures over to William. I'm like, William, let's do some profiling here. If you were a sadist, what would be your motivation for doing these things? <laughs> I mean, if I were a sadist, my motivation would be sadism. But is there anything that links them together? Like, do they have anything in common in the reports? Nothing. Uh, no, not, none that links them together. I mean, you actually looked at where they lived. One, There's an address for one uh, who resided, like I said, in the Ellsworth Towers. And uh, there's another one. Paul, he resided in uh, an apartment complex in kind of the seedier side of St. Paul. I want, Tao, I want you to roll perception and uh, investigation difficulty six all right and so you got one success one success yeah you're looking through there and you're just kind of you know getting in the zone and you see wait a second you see an area where it says uh distinguished body marks and then you see the other you see uh where it says distinguished body marks and you see what i'm about to show you right now so give me a second here you see that is tattooed on on their backs in the middle of both their backs, like uh, between their their almost their wing bones. You know what I mean on their spine. Uh-huh. It's a tattoo. Yeah, it's a tattoo. How big is it? Uh, I'd say it's about four inches by three inches, or, or excuse me, five by three. Not too noticeable, but that's only on the autopsy report, by the way. Can I use uh, doing a cult check to see if I recognize it at all? Yeah, yeah, I'll let you do that. What's your uh, What's your it's only, it's uh, only one. intelligence and what's your intelligence and occult together? 
Intelligence three, occult one, four. All right, so I'll stay difficulty nine. Oh, wow. You got a success, man. You're looking at it and you're staring at it. Man, I have seen this somewhere. I don't. And, and you recognize kind of part of it and you're like, you're thinking back on your studies and you remember when you were kind of going over Hebrew Kabbalism a little bit, you kind of realize that that simply, like, I swear, I think that was like Lilith, if I'm not mistaken, like, like that's a symbol for Lilith there part yeah. of it but you, that's all you can really make out from it but you just don't but you just remember that vaguely from a class you took on uh you know the creation of man and how kind of in some kabbalist hebrew traditions that they believe that eve wasn't the first female that actually Lilith probably was the first female and how and then the, you guys are all kind of familiar obviously with Lilith because of things like the little yeah. fair and the whole 90s proto-feminism kind of thing going on you know so i'll communicate what i observed to everyone you know Okay. Uh, this is a. I think this is a symbol of Lilith. Lilith is a common thing that people know. They just don't know the vampire connotation to it. But I mean, yeah. anyone who studied like Hebrew lore or whatever could Google Lilith and find out that, like, you know what I mean? The story how some believe that she's the first wife of Adam and everything. So, so I'm, I'm thinking. And, right and this now, symbol was on both guy. of them, right? There wasn't a different symbol on the male. Oh, they're on both, and that symbol. And when he when he said Lilith, he. I want to stress the fact that part of it he recognizes as a symbol of Lilith. He's not sure if the whole thing is not, you know what I'm saying? He's like, it reminds yeah. you know what I mean? The, the certain aspect, the top part more so, you know? Well, we got a cult thing going on or something. Um, the only cult I know is Blue Oyster Cult. Sorry. So you guys have addresses, you have details, you have all that stuff. Does anyone else have any kind of questions? I'm gonna I'm gonna peruse through the the all of the folders one more time and just use my my perception investigation to see if there's anything that I'm overlooking before I just throw it to the side. All right, I'll let you roll perception investigation. Let's see, uh, difficulty eight. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, you, nothing sticks out. You didn't see anything new in there. So hey, I got a question. Can yeah. I look through the pictures and stuff, like the like the crime scenes and stuff? Is it like there's any like I know, like in the crowds, is there any like someone who's common in the same crowds? Like you know, like some guy here in the background. There really, there's no pictures because all the pictures were taken indoors. There's oh. no outdoor pictures, you know. So I guess we investigate the hotels. We investigate the apartments. Yeah, that would be the and next step. Next of kin. Oh, hey. next of kin. Very good. Very good question. Next of kin. Paul had no next of kin, but there is a mother named Maria Ortiz who is the mother of Ramona. Uh, who they say in the file that they've contacted to try to investigate. They said that she, um, her and her daughter had a falling out about seven years ago. She was saddened, but she wasn't surprised, but wouldn't give any kind of details. Did uh, Ophelia get her laptop? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, William's been used to Yeah. Were there any okay. uh, videos, uh, surveillance videos from the time that rooms were rented out? Obviously, probably not going to have anything for that seedier place, but the nicer place that the female was found in, maybe they have some surveillance well, there, footage. There were both. I mean, they both were borderline seedy. They weren't exactly, you know what I mean, like L.A., right. Hollywood smack house but, but yes there was uh some footage from when they were interviewed and it's on the cd or excuse me when they checked in and it's on the cd let's let's watch those videos 
around the time when when the person who said they checked out both rooms came and you can kind of tell they're both really grind well the first let's go for the first one let's go for the junction in one right you see uh this guy who's kind of overweight has a wife beater on sitting there just greasy longer hair he's snoring and and around it shows that it's a black and white grainy quality because it's it was vhs and it was transferred over you see where he's actually kind of was asleep and he wakes up because he sees someone walking in and it's a female this is uh for the hotel junction in that that paul hughes is staying at it's a female. She has a, a thick, longer, almost like a navy peacock uh, winter coat. Has gloves on. Has a has a beanie. But you can see from the black and white, she has like lighter hair that seems to be coming down longer. That's over. Really hard to make out her features, but she, uh, she's obviously of uh, Caucasian descent. You go look at the second one. It's almost the exact same repeat, except that it's uh, it's a younger, like nineteen year old female who's working the desk, who looks like a punk rock chick, kind of has spiky hair and piercings all over her face, and you see uh, the same female walk in there and check out the room. So both of them are black and white. Yeah, really kind of shitty because you know they're cheap hotels and they just have VHS, you know. So this is so who's the, the woman is who again? We're we're dealing with a woman that's got long hair and wearing a beanie cap. Yeah, has like a longer like kind of a I don't like the term trench coat, but you know what I mean, like the thicker navy peacock. It's a long coat. Longer. Yeah. Yeah, long coat. Interesting. Look, didn't look like she was too worried about being wasn't obviously trying to hide who she was or anything to that extent. About the parking lot, didn't have any surveillance of the parking lot. Oh no, these are cheap hotels, man. They just. The only reason they really even have a hotel is from bad experiences with people ODing or, you know what I mean, or trying to... to and there's no like, businesses nearby any of these places that might have surveillance of the parking lot? No, none at all. And now you guys are starting to see that it's getting to be probably around uh, 5 in, in the morning now but through all this you know reading that you guys have been doing and everything like that. Uh, you guys probably got an hour till dawn. Okay. All right, time to go for a snack. Catch you guys later. Hey, William, let let, let your sire know um, it's all good, and we took care of this. Awesome good good work, everybody. I, I just, like, look at him like, no way, not. We, we, we're fairly certain it wasn't vampires. Well, we're not. No, can, but, you know, we can't have the attention here, so we actually have to solve this for the mortals. <sighs> I'm still troubled by the tattoo religious motivation at the moment because I obviously don't know the association with Lilith yet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not something. Either they were part of a cult, some, something is going on with that. Yeah, or it's a red herring. This is not a mystery novel. Well, it's, it's 5 a.m. We've got an hour till dawn. I, I feel like I, I want to kick these guys out and okay. get up to my abode and do some research on Lilith, I think, on, on, on my computer. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, 
and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.